Welcome to Leadership is in Session, powered by Athena Communications. This special series features some of Milwaukee's most distinguished leaders. They'll share how they overcame challenges, developed their skills, and achieved success, so you can gain insight and inspiration. And now, Leadership is in Session. Well, welcome everybody. Today, we are back in the studio for another episode of Leadership is in Session, the Athena Communications version of a masterclass during which we invite leaders from all over Milwaukee to come in and inspire all of you, our listeners, with their thoughts about leadership, how they actionize all that they have learned in their personal and professional careers to make Milwaukee a better place for all. Today, we have the privilege of hosting our friend and colleague, Laura Glowey, Vice President of Marketing and Communications from the Greater Milwaukee Foundation with us. Laura, welcome in. Thanks, Becky. You know, I'm a fan of the Athena podcast series, Leadership in Session and On the Edge of Equity. So I'm very grateful to join you and your listeners today. Today, we've invited you to talk to our listeners about what we're calling inspiring change through voice and vision. And Laura, your career has evolved through some pretty amazing organizations in Milwaukee, the AIDS Resource Center of Wisconsin, which is now Vivant Health, to the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee, to now, which is, as I said, the Greater Milwaukee Foundation. And I know this work is so personal for you. And though each of these organizations is different, you've approached all of them with the desire to inspire change through your voice and vision. Why is that? Yes. um, Well, Becky, my work indeed is highly personal to me. And voice and vision for positive change, that resonates with me and engages both the heart and mind. I'm a believer in looking at one's whole self and being intentional about advancing meaningful impact. Two guiding values I'm centered in are a deep love for people and as a forever Milwaukeean, a deep connection to our city. My personal commitment and professional responsibility are aligned and focused on improving lives and life in our community every day. A leadership theme I would like to lift up around voice and vision is the important connection to becoming an ally in social impact work. Especially as a professional in marketing communications, the word voice is multifaceted when it comes to change-making work. For example, it's not all about my voice or your voice or any one person's voice. It's about amplifying voices and a shared collective vision. Narrative framing for social impact involves individual voice, institutional voice, and community voice. And that's an important distinction. Because population-level change takes place when a strong network of people share values about an issue and are focused on forming strategies that inspire others to unite in a powerful path forward together. In Milwaukee, the strategies must acknowledge that we cannot take on big issues alone in our city. We absolutely need a collective plan where the network each does their part. And we must honor and value all voices. All voices matter. Especially important are those who are sharing their relevant lived experiences. 
understanding what is important to an affected group of people is how a sustainable plan gets built, how it gets communicated, and then how it is implemented. You may have heard the saying, nothing about us without us. Well, that is a guiding principle for the foundation and how we shape a shared vision with community and donor partners who are reimagining philanthropy for how Milwaukee is working together. Amplifying the collective voice is what powers up change. You've mentioned some really important words and themes there. I specifically would like to go back to the fact that we can't do it alone, right? No person can do that alone. And I know from you and your character that your vocation is your avocation. So what do you say to people who are seeking to turn their passions into their life's work? Right. I believe in being connected to something greater than oneself. It's an individual choice, though, and contemplating one's purpose may or may not combine personal and professional motivation. It can be an aspiration, but it's certainly not the only way to reach fulfillment in one's life. For me, I needed to know I'm making a difference for humanity, and that's where I rally and feel reward. If someone is watching the clock tick or leaving work uninspired, it's smart to pay attention to those signs. Both of those things happened to me earlier in my career until I became more deliberate about the type of work I wanted to do. So thinking critically about what you stand for or what you want to stand for can be very helpful. Social justice, human rights, a more mission-related career are all great ways to offer your talent, contributions, and so forth in the workforce. The choice of doing communications work in a social impact environment became clearer for me after having two daughters. Most parents probably agree that time quickly becomes a very cherished resource. And my approach became thinking about how my personal and professional interests could align for the greater good. Whereas volunteering was very important to me, I was now getting that satisfaction and having more impact on the job. And a second benefit that's harder to put a price tag on is working with very cool people who are focused and mission-oriented. Being surrounded every day by people who share a passion is a gift. A donor at the foundation once said to me that work is fun together because we are engaged with other willing souls. And, you know, scientifically, it's proven that to be happier, one can volunteer and help others. So that's a great feeling to carry home every day. And over time, seeing that compound into ways perhaps that we are helping improve the well-being of others or being connected to tangible differences in the community, such as with schools or neighborhoods, art or more equitable economies. It truly is a privilege to advance outcomes with colleagues who are driving change together. And I just love your concept that vocation and advocation is where it's at. That's very ideal for me, Becky. Well, I know that to be true of you and your colleagues at the Greater Milwaukee Foundation. And you have an incredible platform there through your role, through your interaction with all of your colleagues, through all of the great initiatives that GMF is undertaking and has undertaken, you get to affect real and lasting change. How do you maximize that through your work, Laura? Organizationally, our strategies are focused, 
and we're focused on transformational change in our community. We're approaching our work in new ways, and as a trusted longtime community leader, we have set forth some priority areas. In early childhood, education and care, our thrive on collaboration, impact investing to small businesses, housing, and our internal culture. We are also in the midst of a $700 million campaign. Part of what I have been especially engaged in also includes developing a narrative with a team. And that narrative is centered around voices of community members whose lived experiences have informed each of those priority areas. Their input is shaping our strategies and investments. In fact, we have a community advisory council many of them who are directing where dollars should go in their own neighborhoods. And that's really critical for sustaining long-term change. And our foundation has actually named racial equity and inclusion as our North Star. For us to be inclusive and successful at reaching our vision of a Milwaukee for all, people must be represented and have decision-making power in our collaborative work with donors and other partners. It's important to also know that our board actually made a generational commitment to racial equity inclusion in 2015. And at that time, the foundation was running a yearly program called On the Table. That event was designed to engage thousands of people and voice around the community to have dialogue and discussion about what issues mattered most to them. The answers became very clear. Three years in a row, the community surfaced the same top three themes. Matters of race, which was equity for all people in our community. Investing in education for young people and our future. And how do we collaborate? There was a desire to collaborate more around a plan and the request to work together for scalable change. These collective voices then and insights over time helped inform the foundation's new strategic plan and our commitment to setting racial equity and inclusion as our North Star. If I can just share a story, I'm really always going to remember this leadership lesson that happened during the first night of On the Table. It taught me so much about valuing how to connect with people for true dialogue, listening to them, hearing them, and understanding them differently, and valuing all the voices at that table. On the table was where hundreds of community dialogues were taking place around meals and tables on one day in our community, where people joined together for conversation about community issues and potential solutions. And I'm going to remember this moment that happened in City Hall when I joined my first table. Three or four women in their 70s from the north side of Milwaukee had taken a taxi and they sat down at the seats that were open. There was a young woman who joined us. She had just come directly from her night class at UWM. And there were a couple of men. They didn't know each other. They had just sort of strolled in and asked if the seats were open and joined us. We had a complete group of diversity. And together for the next hour, people openly shared what they cared about, cared enough to come and travel by taxi and bus to talk to strangers about the concerns for community and how to improve outcomes, primarily for a segregated city and seeing a better future for everyone, mostly young people. So at the end, we exchanged phone numbers and discussed how Milwaukee is a small enough city where we can actually create the change we want to see together. 
And that collective input was valuable at setting the stage then for informing how the foundation moved forward. We also obviously heard from lots of different voices around the community. And another thing we found out is the city loves to talk. <laughs> People like to come out and share ideas and connect. I'm so glad that you shared that personal story. I find that so fulfilling about all of these episodes, listening to our, our friends and colleagues around the, the city, really sharing from their heart and from their soul. And I did uh, have the opportunity to attend a few of those on the table sessions, and I found them as enriching and rewarding as you're describing them. And really, they did bring together people who never perhaps would have been in the same room, never in the same space, people you never would have met ordinarily to come in and just really share and be open and be transparent. And really, it was just so wonderful to hear everyone. We're all working toward the same thing, right? And we, we know what those things are. So thank you for sharing that story, Laura. Absolutely. Um, and I know that was such a fulfilling part of your life. You were very instrumental in bringing those out to the table, so to speak, for the city. Other than that, what is the most fulfilling part of your work, whether that's through GMF? Uh, I know you're very active in the community as well. Well, yeah, as I said, doing my part to create meaningful change in the lives and life of our community is my true passion. For example, when I was at UWM, it was propelling students, those who had less access, first-generation students or veterans who often felt intimidated going back to college. And before that, at the AIDS Resource Center, advocating for the LGBTQ plus community and protecting all lives from HIV, including injection drug users. But today, at this point in time in our history... There's nothing more critical than dismantling racist systems to help eliminate disparities where people of color are disproportionately affected. Being on this journey as a white woman, and more than that, being an effective ally is essential. To use white privilege during this time period that we are all living is crucial. Combining collective voice and vision is advancing a narrative change. Throughout neighborhoods and with donors and nonprofit partners and public officials, we do have opportunity and some momentum is indicating that transformational racial equity and inclusion is possible and happening. Leadership is a more collective process now. At the foundation, we've been learning while also marrying leadership development and action as a powerful way to leverage all of our resources. I'm always going to remember the public rollout of our refreshed strategic plan, which we had to do during COVID and at a time when racial reckoning was happening. We needed to make sure we were relevant. It was extremely extensive, and the plan was created and produced to share the community vision to build a Milwaukee for all. It involved listening and hearing people's versions of how they imagined a thriving community in Milwaukee. We realized that the collective voice needed to become the shared narrative of a community vision taking shape. In talking with Ellen Gilligan, our president and CEO, she agreed that her place was not to be the main focus and center speech behind the podium. Instead, the foundation needed to center around community voices and partners. So we built a format that invited over 50 people to the Wisconsin Black Historical Society to record and share their versions of how we can unite to build a Milwaukee for all. 
And today we're delivering on those promises and working toward that transformational change in community. To give one example, our Thrive On collaboration with the Medical College of Wisconsin and Royal Capital are a great one to lift up because that is such an intentional network that draws from all sectors. It represents the input of resident voice at the center of the planning table to together building a healthy, equitable, and thriving community within three neighborhoods that are located and intersecting along Dr. Martin Luther King Drive. Laura, thanks so much for sharing that. I have been working with you. Athena has been working with you, partnering with you in the Thrive On collaboration, which is just a, a tremendous opportunity for the city and uh, big things to come, certainly, uh, this summer. So we are very much looking forward to that. And it has been just so wonderful to listen to you reminding all of us, reminding everybody that let's, let's ensure that we are keeping the community at the center of this conversation, at the center of all of this work. So you have done some brave and bold things in your career. And I'm wondering if you are willing to share with our listeners today what life lesson people should not be afraid of and instead embrace as they are working to enact change. Right. Certainly be an ally for what causes you care about. Be on the right side of history, especially when it comes to racial justice and equity for all people. I've always been kind of a quieter person, but finding voice and being an ally in all ways is the action that really is going to create change. So living with intentionality holds you accountable. Your vision and activism will become clearer once you've decided where you want to ignite your impact. Can you interrupt rhythms of the world or chains of command and stand up to injustices that are playing out around you? For instance, when it comes to racism, white allies can keep their focus with a steady urgency to help create more equity. We can do more. Black and brown Americans, any minority group, has been fighting for their rights and their place. And any social movement needs the dominant majority to reach critical mass if change will happen. Black, brown, white, all of us working together. We are hopefully all doing our soul work, and that is learning and unlearning white supremacy norms and listening to better understand from those whose experiences are different from your own. Another thing is examining what a white ally is and what it is not. How do you show up as an ally? Be informed so to not add harm unintentionally, and it's okay to be vulnerable. In allyship, some questions I've asked myself as I've tried to make sure my actions are in the right place. Am I elevating black and brown colleagues and voice more? Am I acting on what black and brown colleagues say is important to them, not what I assume as a white person? Speaking up every time I see a microaggression, when black and brown people are in the room, and importantly, when they are not in the room. To me, being an ally is not jumping into lead or being up front. That would be being a white savior. And white people are getting behind the movement, again, to amplify the voices with the privilege behind it. Sometimes people are afraid to step into being an ally because they're afraid of doing something or saying something wrong. For me, through my trial and errors and where I've stepped in it and made mistakes, I've learned the best way to be an ally is listening and understanding lived experiences and then showing up 
how I'm needed. And when it does get uncomfortable sometimes, remind self that we cannot repair all the harm the generations before us created. During the two time periods of reconstruction in American history, white people intentionally set up racist systems. After the Civil War was the first reconstruction, when enslaved people were freed but blocked from real freedom. And then the second Reconstruction in the 1960s as the passage of the Civil Rights Act. But economic freedoms and fairness were never fully realized for Black Americans. Now we are in the third period of Reconstruction. Isn't it time? If not now, when? White Americans joining our Black and Brown friends and families and partners, using our privilege and power to help claim equality and justice for all is what I believe is most needed. For myself, I've centered these thoughts around racism and being an ally. But I believe these principles apply to any cause, whether it be men using their voice for women's rights or people without disabilities advocating for disability justice. As you think about your own convictions, how can you do more to set a new vision and change for our future? Wow, Laura, thank you so much. Uh, I, in particular, I, I'm keying in on your phrase of interrupting the rhythm of the world. And that will be my takeaway from today's conversation. I hope all of you found this conversation as profound as I did with our friend Laura Glowey from the Greater Milwaukee Foundation. Thanks for being with us today. Thanks, Becky. Thanks for listening to Leadership is in Session. Powered by Athena Communications. Be sure to catch all eight enlightening episodes. And don't forget to connect to On the Edge of Equity with Tammy Belton Davis. Available wherever you get your podcasts.